0: Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to another episode of the Off The Tools Collective podcast, the podcast for smart subcontractors sick of being ridden ragged by douchebag penny pinching clients. Bottom line is this, if you're selling shit to the domestic market, fitting bedrooms, bathrooms, or kitchens, or balls deep in extensions and renovations, and you want to attract the best clients on demand, sell to them way above market rates, and have it all happen hands-off and on autopilot so you ain't stuck to your phone like a cold-calling cock then put your feet up, pin your... Your ears back and pay attention for the next few minutes and then take action because this shit will not do itself. Take it away, boys. Welcome to episode 44 of Who We're Gonna I Fucking Give today.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, all right, I'll, t- I'll take that. I'll take that.
0: Oh yeah, just give up. Is that what you do in the gym? Because no. a little birdie, a little bird just told me, listen to this, everyone. Connor, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, if you listen to this, you can't see it, but I'm talking to Connor now, I, I can see him. And he actually looks more muscular than he did yesterday because Connor's been to the gym today. He looks like a right fucking beefcake. I'm a
1: beefcake baby. I've had chicken breast. I've got some protein on the way. Ooh. Yeah, I did a workout for the first time in over a year today.
0: Bloody hell, and, no, no, you're going to be so What
1: did you do? I'm just following her. I just needed something simple because I always overcomplicate things. I always research it to the, the nth degree. I've noticed. Uh, I, I, I stick to it for a little while and then I go, fuck this and I blow it up. So I was like, you're not doing this this time, Connor. Hey.
0: Go no. Speak to Phil. We've got our own resident PT. I,
1: I will do eventually. I just need to build the habit first. Otherwise, I know what I'm like. I know if I don't, don't know have what? the habit there, there's no point paying someone because I'll just be like, fuck you. Fuck this. Fuck that. I need to have a good sort of routine there already. And then I build upon it. I'm learning myself as I grow up, you know. Well, why like you to again.
0: Don't pay him. Just, just trade a bit of um, Facebook ads work for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to him, but I d well, I don't think we'll talk to him. With, uh, seriously, Phil Agostino, this is for the listeners too. Phil Agostino spelled exactly as it's spelled as it sounds. If you don't if you don't if you can't spell it, just email me as <laughs> that and I'll it, it, like put you in touch. Well, if you can't spell it, go
1: kill yourself. <laughs>
0: I worked for years to try and get my six pack until two thousand and sixteen. I oh, always got so far and never quite hit it you know and then within five months of working for Phil at the age of 51 52 or something 51 I had my six pack my 52 and I could have done it in probably three and a half four months if I hadn't had a couple of niggling injuries and a couple of breaks while I was travelling fucking remarkable yeah. and it's, you know, it's know. not magic it's not complicated you know it's, it's just really really dead simple and it's things like sticking to pita mayonnaise and, and, and chicken four times a day for the last five years you know
1: <laughs> Phil gave an excellent talk at our uh, summit as well.
0: Yes, he did. Yeah, it was really good. That was. I, I made if, sure
1: if, I was Did you tell sure.
0: him? Oh yeah, I said it. it was. Well, I mean, I've seen him do that one several times. Or, I mean, I've seen him speak several times. That was by far the best because he changed his tack somewhat. Yeah,
1: I've seen him speak twice before that, and it was like a different person. He, he did really. Well. I was impressed.
0: Well, in fact, it's quite opposite, really, because you know what he was doing. Effectively, was nurturing because he knows his law, and he, he's a constant kind of feature in. Those people's lives. He's always around. So, what he was doing was effectively nurturing. And if you think about it, think back to what he talked about. He was not talking about the thing. Mm-hmm. It's about the result it's a great solution he, he talked about what it would mean to you to lose all that weight the outcomes and that's why it resonates with so many people feels so doing you know he's, he's good he's, he's one of the top guys Aaron. yeah so, um, I will anyway.
1: talk to him In but in terms of what I did I'm just following a simple PPL with resistance bands just to build the routine get the yoga back in place yeah get because since the move everything's just gone out the window literally the healthy eating the stretching the walking any exercise it's just oh. all out the window, I'm not like you, where you can just pick something up, all your routines, and place it back down elsewhere. No idea why, but I woke up well yesterday, I was just miserable. I was just fucking and the day before that, I was just fucking miserable. I uh, woke up this morning, looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, You're not going to be miserable. And it was that simple. Well, what do I need to not be miserable? Well, have some good food, do some exercise, right? You've got some resistance bands that you ordered 30 quid there, and they've been sat there for two months. Use them, dickhead. <laughs> you've got a yoga bat there that you bought for 30 quid I think you ain't used that once yet I can't remember it's
0: fucking stupidly expensive fucking yoga mat
1: 60 quid I'll check I must
0: have I've spent literally thousands on my home gym over the years and my oldest stuff the weight bench I still still using my Olympic bar and the weights I'm more than 20 years old and I've never regretted spending the money on it it's, it's been really I mean because people say oh you never stick to it you know you'll give up after a while no I've I've obviously been through periods where I'm not used it so much, but I've pretty I've stepped through. And I use it three times a week, four times a week, something about well, four times a week now.
1: Your um, gym looks awesome as well. It's got such a cool like aesthetic. It's got character. Oh, it's, hey, so it's a cool. fucking old barn. Fucking hardcore. Oh, it looks um, proper. I bet you get a lot of satisfaction about slamming the fucking metal.
0: <laughs> I tell you what though, going back to feeling miserable, one thing I found, I mean, I, I I'm not generally one of who gets so, overly upset or bothered by these things or sucked into it on my phone i don't have linkedin or facebook Um, or i I have instagram because you because that's like shit on a screen like this and there's a couple people i follow in the fitness industry and yoga i've got email and obviously the things we use in the business but i don't have any alerts on any alert that goes off is obviously the phone and texts proper texts you know and teams we use for the internal comms in the biz otherwise my phone is just fucking dead it just sits there and i don't i don't have any news on there no google news no bbc news no, no journal i i don't watch the news I, I just don't follow the news and even someone like me who does not get sucked into these things i just find it so much my day is so much cleaner so sometimes certainly like mrs ebg sarah she she she'll go oh that's interesting oh, what you're just trying to engage in conversation aren't you i know it what <laughs> and she'll say something like oh so-and-so's Done something? Like, why? I say what? Who cares? Like the whole. So this old Meghan Markle thing. I, I know what it's about, but I didn't get involved. We well, have to get involved. I sit on the sidelines and laugh at it. It's pathetic. Yes, racism is wrong. Yes, this misogyny is wrong. But did anybody really expect any different from the royal fucking family? Yeah. Did they really? And why are people getting upset by a, a bunch of fucking spoiled brats? who've got more money than they'll ever spend, you know. What is the fucking wrong with these people? Right? The whole thing is just so, I mean, different to the whole thing. And then today, apparently this, um, is, this girl, is it Sarah Everard? I
1: think it's Sophie. I haven't and looked into it at all.
0: Sophie? How yeah. does it sound? there? Sarah, yeah, Sarah, Sarah Everard. Oh,
1: fair. That's how little um, I know.
0: It, my, my LinkedIn feed and, and Facebook, and I logged on this morning to see what's going on, it, it just exploded. And I didn't even know she'd gone missing, to be honest. But what I do, what I have noticed is... Again, and this is another reason I steer clear of the news because people are irrational and the news is full of irrational people. Right now, we've got the found human remains where they've not confirmed it. Certainly the last I saw, they've not even confirmed it is this woman. That's the first thing. Second thing is they've arrested a police officer and he's being questioned. He's not being charged, he's not been convicted. All of a sudden, people are vilifying men again, and indeed saying, if you can't feel safe from the police, who can you feel safe from? You know, we have due process to stop things like this because these things, you know, in, in an uncontrolled world without due process, you have people being strung up from lampposts because of the hysteria. And you know, it's impossible it seems to have a rational debate about any of this because you've got women saying and it is nearly all women saying if you're not with us if you're not speaking out if you're not speaking out in the way we want you to speak out then you're against us well i don't think what they're saying is correct so i'm just not going to get involved and it's a shame because they could actually benefit from someone like me because I'm, I'm in a complete agreement with their ideals you know violence against women is wrong and men should be bringing up boys not to abuse and Commit violence against women and they should be bringing up girls to report and stand against violence and not be afraid to talk about it to parents and teachers and all the rest of it absolutely i'm in complete alignment with those those goals what i'm not in alignment with is they want the way they want to do it i've even seen people saying men should not dress in a certain way aggressively should some people even say they shouldn't even have a, a, aggressive whatever that means haircuts and wear aggressive jewelry and have tattoos Twos. well that isn't a million miles away from saying a woman shouldn't walk around in revealing clothes because of the effect it has on men
1: is it yeah that's a dangerous thing they're saying
0: well yeah so i absolutely and i won't i won't get involved in those kinds of conversations because as soon as you say i agree with what you're saying however i've got a slight you know an objection to something you're saying oh you're just that guy you're not racist but kind of thing i'm not getting involved in that and if you want you know you can tell me what you want and you can or you can tell me what you want me to do you can't tell me what to do and how to do it. You can't tell me both. It's just like the same as in business, isn't it? Like with yeah. Holly. We tell Holly what we want. We don't tell her how to do it. <laughs> mm. Get it done. You know, I think yeah. if, you know, <laughs> it is incumbent on men to, to raise boys to be men who are safer around women. Absolutely. I don't think it's incumbent on women to tell us how to do that.
1: It's just mm. not. I, I if it was, really if it was why aren't they doing it now? The thing is, if you, if you live on a planet with other people, people by definition are irrational bad shit's always going to happen and from what i can gather something really fucking bad has happened here and it has awakened that inner fear that every female has about walking home alone dark night and that's understandable but the point is they're emotional and fair enough but that means they're more than likely not behaving rationally emotional people usually do not behave rationally because the emotions by have definition. taken over
0: by definition
1: yeah. by definition so and as you've said, you know, the police officer has just been arrested. There's been no charges or any anything raised. So who the fuck knows what's happening there? As always, as these podcasts often end up at, people just mind their own fucking business. We're just decent human beings. We're morally, <laughs> morally on track. world would be a far better place, but uh, we're never going to get there. And by introducing new laws, saying this, saying this should happen, this, that, and the other, it's just like whack-a-mole, right? You've whacked one thing, Absolutely. another thing's going to come up. It's it's just the world we live in, and it's going to be reality. Now it'll be reality. It was reality hundred years ago, and it'll be reality in hundred years uh, well, the in the danger, future.
0: The danger we face, of course, in anything like this, is laws being rushed in to to cater to or to pander to vox populi. And also this knee-jerk stuff, which in hindsight proves to be more problematic. You know, you, you, Things like, you can—you know, it's not impossible to imagine laws against men wearing certain clothes that are too aggressive, you know? That's not beyond the realms of possibility, because if they can legislate in some countries against women's clothing, well, you know, that's the precedent set of, of legislating against clothing. It's only a small step. And I'm not saying this would happen, but I know there are women out there who want it to happen because they say so, and that would be ridiculous. And after all... Again, difficult as it may be for someone to get their head around, your feelings as a woman or a man are entirely on you. you now, if I'm walking down the street, no matter how aggressive I look, what I'm wearing, what my face looks like, bearing in mind, I've got a very aggressive face because of my alexithymia, all right? No matter what I look like, how you respond to me is entirely gee, you. Are, every woman is perfectly safe from me, unless she attacks me or one of mine. There's absolutely zero, a woman is in absolutely zero danger from it, walking down the street. So how she feels about me and what I look like and how I'm, I don't know, swaggering or whatever, I'm sorry, that's just hard luck. I should not be expected to change anything about the way I look, the way I dress or anything else, just because somebody feels a certain way. I just shouldn't. I know it's tough, but that's just the way it is. In the same way as women should not be afraid to walk down the street in revealing clothes for because men feel a certain way after a certain age. Oh, I'm an old man. I can't have a woman like that. That shouldn't be allowed. And I, no, that's just tough. Life is a shit like that sometimes.
1: We're men. We know what men are like. We know most men on this planet are pieces of shit. Um, Many of them
0: certainly are. I don't think most men would use force against a woman. I would hope not, anyway.
1: No, but I'd say most men have committed some form of sexual assault in their life. Well, I haven't. Not that i have ever been yeah. called,
0: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I certainly haven't. <laughs>
1: It's just rife in clubs. I don't think I've ever gone clubbing and not, you know, had a girl I know say, you know, he's going round squeezing bums.
0: I I know what you mean. I mean, In fact, the last guy as a doorman, the last person I punched in the face was doing that. He'd just come out of prison. He'd 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 robbed his mother's house to sustain his heroin addiction. sold away. Nice guy then. Yeah, came out of prison. I punched, he was, wrong story, I punched him in the face. Two weeks later, he committed suicide, so I thought that was a win. <laughs>
1: yeah. You're like one punch man. <laughs> yeah. One punch, two week delayed death.
0: I had nothing, it was completely unconnected, but uh, yeah, he overdosed on methadone, and it was suicide. Oh, methadone. But, but the thing is, I, I, I didn't lose any sleepover. He was the waste no. of protoplasm he was a piece of shit. The world is better off Word is a better place without people like him, yes. Genuinely, but yes. He was walking around squeezing but girls' bums, and I threw him out the club and
1: punched people. Mm-hmm. And so, I believe women have pretty much every female I've ever spoken to has been sexually assaulted, minor or majorly. So, I, I believe they, they're they entitled to feel a little bit.
0: Oh, I'm not disputing that. No, I'm I know
1: not. you're not. I know Man, you're not. not.
0: For a second, I'm, I'm not one who's saying it doesn't happen. That's not what I'm saying. What I, I was
1: going is. to say is. But that shouldn't mean men should have to dress differently, uh, no, no, absolutely. very silly. Uh,
0: no, it's, I don't know what the answer is, to be honest. It, it's there not is no the answer. answer is straightforward. There are things we can do to ameliorate the situation. Men should be more vocal, I think, in in teaching boys that these things are wrong. For instance, that guy who said to me all those years ago about he just slapped his wife the night before, and you got to slap him sometimes to keep me in check, you know? That should not be something a man should be able to feel comfortable saying to his fellow men, thinking he's going to get, yeah, that's right, that is. That shouldn't be happening. Now, those groups of men should be being brought up better than that. Yeah. And it is incumbent on men to do that. I think part of the problem is men, boys, we said this before, men are brought up predominantly by women for most of the formative years. They should be around strong men who won't tolerate that kind of behavior towards little girls pulling, you know, running around the playground, pulling their ponytails, pulling their bunches, because that's where it starts. That's just a bit of, oh no, it's okay. Tickling them until they pee themselves and things, you know that shouldn't be tolerated. But it's that's no use. That's where it starts. <laughs> yeah, I that's know. But that's
1: fetish, like, that's where know? it starts.
0: And you know, boys should be around strong men who make it absolutely unequivocally clear that is not acceptable behaviour towards girls or boys or anyone. We should be fighting against non-consensual violence against everyone. Because then let's start getting into the thing about where 40% of domestic abuse is perpetrated by women. Yeah, you can't even mention that without people saying, "Oh, yeah, you're just a white straight white male, so you don't have an." opinion well you know let's let's confront the whole situation it isn't just violence against women yes it mostly is especially with strangers but if you're going to talk about violence against people non-consensual violence let's talk about all of it
1: it's it's the plague of society and that kind of it echoes the point I was trying to make earlier. As long as there's people living on this planet, you will always be in danger.
0: I actually saw someone post this morning on Facebook who said violence against women is unnatural, but violence against men is, is natural. Women against you know, so violence against women is unnatural, but violence against men is natural. So it's okay that men get beaten up and hurt. What? <laughs> I, mean, I, I couldn't quite get my head around it, but hey, that's what hey, people are like. And we're you the problem. To be right?
1: clever? We're the problem. Are you trying to be clever? I, I, this was a woman. This was a woman. What a woman is she trying to? I don't know. But,
0: uh, we are the problem, apparently. Then we are the problem. Matt, nah. <laughs> you're asking the wrong man. I've got no idea what she meant. Baffling. Well, I know Baffling. what she meant, but I don't know why she meant it. You know. Mm.
1: I tell you one thing I don't like, though. Then we'll, try and, then we'll try and move past this. Is um the men that get all really, really defensive immediately, and uh, well, not all men are like that. It's like, Shut up, prick. Be objective. Stop getting defensive and thinking of yourself. It is I mean to obviously be fair, not I mean, all men are like that. It's like saying water's wet. Yeah, I know, but they're, well, they're, okay, let's, let's, look that, at, so.
0: let's look at that one for a minute. It is absolutely true ignore- not all men. It's insensitive to say right. and probably irrelevant at times. But here's the thing. If you say to feminists, or so a lot of well, a lot of women, if you say to women, okay, so let's talk about male violence, violence against men, oh it's extremely rare. Well on a minute, so what? So what you're saying is just another way of saying it's not all women. That's really what you're saying. Yeah. But like I said, if we're going to talk about non-consensual violence, let's talk about all non-consensual violence. You know, How many women, how, at what point do the numbers become acceptable? Well, to me, one, just one, makes it unacceptable. So it works both ways, you know. But what about men who you know, we should always believe women when they say they've been raped? Well, what about the women who lie about it? Oh, the, the, that doesn't happen very often. What if it happens once and it's believed is one too many fucking times? But again, you, you, it's difficult to express that opinion to anyone without being shouted down
1: absolutely my point is it's, it's almost by the by it's not all women uh being violent it's, it's not all men and of course there's distinct differences between men and women but ultimately people just need to be objective yeah yeah no. all the same rational smart people can look at this together and do what they can but you're never going to stop crime. you're never going to stop violence you can mitigate it but um I'd, I'd like to see a chart somewhere that shows more legislation and whatnot, especially against individuals such as men, women, minorities, whatever, where it actually leads to a decrease in violence, in violent crimes. Because even when states in America, for example, ban guns or make the gun control laws looser or tighter or whatever, time the time violence... goes,
0: when they loosen gun controls, crime goes down. Exactly. More like, people get shot, but that's because a lot of perpetrators are getting shot.
1: Yeah. Oh, I ain't got a
0: problem with that. That's <laughs> what I mean. Happen.
1: People need to stop thinking so sort of one but i don't know Uh, i don't know of analogy yeah one dimensionally they just need to look at it objectively here's the numbers here's the stats this is awful what's happened however we're not going to be able to fix this overnight and it will happen again and the sooner we realize that i don't know sooner (laughs) people come to terms with reality it'll be a a far more bearable place to live rather than all of this finger pointing you need to do this you need to do that no hang on a minute slow down no one needs to do fucking anything so, anyway, just, <laughs> we just spoke for, well, for like right. 25 minutes on fucking. We should, uh, this should be a political podcast. <laughs> I fucking hate so. politics. Oh, don't get me started. Joe John, Biden this, is going to be different. No, he's oh, not. <laughs> shut up. Shut up right now. I, wanna, uh, I want you to talk on something. We are very much set in strategy first and then tactical implementation later. Yeah. But we are into our gizmos, and are uh, I know I know you know a few things about uh, um, the ultimate nurturing gizmo.
0: Yeah, well, really, what we're looking at is systems. I mean, we talk about strategy versus tactics. Where basically, strategy is a long strategy long term behaviour, tactics is short term implementation. We're not sure. And if people, as they often do, you know, what what's the best way to follow up? Well, it's a bit of a strange question because you cannot possibly know the best way until you've tried them all. Right? And that includes posting shit through the letterbox if you want to be completely honest about this. Otherwise you're just assumed. But the best way I've found is obviously consistent, regular and often. And by regular and often, I mean something as as frequent as you can possibly manage. And really that lends itself perfectly to a daily email. There's no reason on in Christendom for anyone not to be sending a daily email to their list. There's no. It can take you as little as 10 minutes to write. Sometimes it can take you longer if you've a lot to say. But if you know, if you write things the way I've been teaching people to write these emails for more than 10 years now, you never run out of things to say because you know it's not all about the thing. You wouldn't be like a Brit player sending a daily email about rips every day. And you know, I've written about all things. I've written about abortion. I've written about the changes to the constitution in the UK. I've, I've written. Emails in the last 12, 13, 15 years, I've written emails on every topic you can possibly imagine. And none of them, well, very few of them are actually about what I do as a business. There's always a tie-in. And that comes with practice. So daily email. And if you can't do it every day, you should be doing it at least four days a week. So the day these people, your clients wake up or your prospective clients wake up and say, today's the day we've booked the extension to be built or the new bathroom. You are the person they think. That's why we do it. There is a mistaken belief that because people are not responding to what you're doing, they're not interested. That's rarely the case. They probably are, but just not yet. It's a case of no, but not no forever. Just no right now. And then, especially at the moment, for reasons I've come to, on direct mail. A direct mail is vastly underused. And again, people say, oh, it's it doesn't work anymore. Well, that's, that's just bullshit. If it didn't work, then people wouldn't send letters anymore and they do. But they don't use it for marketing as much anymore because of this mistaken belief that it doesn't work. And also, the allure of the cheapness of going online. You know, you can put a Facebook campaign together and it costs you no money at all until you actually run it. Pay-per-click, you don't pay anything until someone responds to an ad. Compare that to direct mail where you you know if you're say sending a letter out, you have to design it, you have to get it printed and then delivered. You've got an outlier. What was the last one we did? Three k for a mail shot. Uh, it
1: was about that, yeah.
0: About three grand. You've got to pay. a, a lot bit of more. Yeah, but yeah, it was about. thing about it, it three and a half. You've got to pay yeah. three and a half grand say like we did without knowing if you're going to get any response whatsoever. And we actually didn't. If you remember, we didn't get any, anything from that. So that I we was got it. one. Yes, we did because it paid for itself, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It
1: paid All best. right,
0: so we got one then, but we don't. We certainly weren't in profit on it, and possibly made a small loss if you consider the time it took me to put it together. But the point being, direct mail and and again, you know, print advertising, it's speculative because you just don't know what the response is going to be. And that's enough to put people off. But the very things that make it cheap, that, that make it expensive, and and. And speculative, also make it attractive because if you are prepared to send letters, and you don't have to start at three and a half k, because we sent out a full colour, forty page sales letter in an envelope. You know, it was it was a big deal. If you just send out one page of A4 or something, it's a lot less than that. Yeah. And if you're sending it with a new, uh, say a monthly newsletter, that is something your competitors are not doing. How many painters and decorators, brickies? Carpenters, electricians, plumbers, bathroom people, kitchen people, bedroom people. How many of those do you know are sending out a paper newsletter? I bet there's not one.
1: Or even just one. Even just a fucking quarterly postcard.
0: Yeah, just something. Now, again, they won't do it. But the thing is, right now, right now, postal rates are fairly low. There's almost no competition in, in your mailbox because no one's doing it. You know? When was the last time you really received a sales letter from to do the
1: post? Eight months ago. Who was that? Wonky-eyed
0: wanker. Right. I haven't received a sales letter since I got stuff from Dan Kennedy in 2017. I don't think i had any since then, because Dan's been ill, as you know.
1: Yeah, he has.
0: I've received nothing from anyone. Nothing. And bearing in mind, we have, locally, we've bought a 50 grand Land Rover, a 15K shed, well, shed, is an office, with everything, that go, with everything that goes in it, 1,000 euro desk, 1,500 euro fucking thrown over there several hundred euros on bookcases what else that's just in this room you know and in the house we've got sofas tv not one my bikes about a thousand euro each i've got three of them have i received any email even from the bike shop no nothing and i am an ideal customer i walk in i've got money i'm the right age i'm their ideal client
1: mm-hmm. i've
0: got money and it's just fucking fun for his pocket money would sell like a new bike, yes, would sell like some biking shoes, gloves, a safety hat possibly, high-vis vest, cycling shorts, waterproofs, I love it all, Mm. but they don't even bother. I don't ask, I end up buying online. No, it is cheaper, yeah, but I don't buy it because it's cheap, buy it because it's convenient. Mm. They don't sell me the dark mail either. Nobody does. And it's just, it's almost criminal.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And the other thing is with COVID, with people being stuck at home, and, you've, and this is this probably represents a, a three or four month window now before it starts getting. It can still be great, but you know this is this is the the prime time right now. People stuck at home. For some people, the, the postman arriving is a highlight of their day because otherwise they've got fucking kids yammering in the background, TV on all day, the internet. They are fucking stifled and they're bored. If they get something that looks interesting through the post. In the words of Gary Benservenga, something that looked too good to throw away. They're going to spend time on it, and if you've done your work properly, then you've got a captive audience, an audience of one, no distractions. They're not on. I like, oh, I've got a 27-inch monitor now. I've got tabs on. I've turned most of the most things off. So even on my my lap, my my desktop, I don't get many notifications. But I could get one or two, even as we're speaking. But you've got none of that. You know, nothing to distract them. But people just don't do it because it's expensive. Yeah, it's that's the ultimate. Nurturing Gizmo is regular follow-up on the direct mail.
1: Especially if you serve a local market. Yeah. Especially. We've said before, we worked with a particular company on a campaign where uh, we got people to essentially opt in for a direct mailbox straight to their house. Uh, glossy new brochure, coffee mugs, tea, biscuits. And it fucking worked. It fucking worked. We were
0: um, just likely, isn't around here anymore. But uh, well, one of my mates fellow Asper, you know. Yeah. There's a local place. Is it, it's either Apache or the other one. I can't remember which one it is. But they do pizzas. And <clears throat> they just deliver, do it, I think they do it once every week. They just deliver to every house fucking leaflets. And they do a fucking massive amount of business through these leaflets, pizza delivery. Because hungry Saturday night leaflet, it's a fucking no-brainer. Well, okay, mm. that's not direct mail, as in it's through the post. But it is, because they just got some fucking little brown person to go around delivering them. You know, that's what they do. Well, that's why wouldn't you do that? Oh, because leaflets are expensive. <laughs> but It's all about ROI. Now, if they were to combine that with, with really fucking tight Facebook retargeting. So, you know, these people are in town and they're 35 and it's about that time of night, so they're going to be drunk. Let's fucking hit the bastards with ads, <laughs> you know, for pizzas and things. That's a different thing. But yeah, they, they just don't do it. So, you know, a combination of direct mail and daily emails, because they're quick, cheap and easy. Keep people top of mind. Yeah. Everyone should be doing it. Anyone can and no almost no one does. That's the ultimate. Do
1: you remember, do you remember I they, they they never actually followed through with it? They, they were getting a bit of PR. I can't remember what for, but they they were in the local rag that is, you know, free at the all the shops. You just help yourself with for it. Can't remember why, nor does it matter. But I remember saying to them, all right, this is a fucking awesome opportunity. Uh what we need is to run a Facebook ad of you holding this paper where you are on the front of it in front of like uh, in front of a small shop in the town center that everyone would recognize so anybody scrolling through their news feed would be like i know that that where that is i just thought how powerful would that be not only are they sending direct mail they're now in the local press but let's get them online by targeting people that are in the area that are eligible for this free paper and uh show them hey you know almost like a a local celebrity. Do you want us to work on your uh, kitchen? And uh, they never went through with it. I I, I was very upset. It was part of my whole five mile celebrity thing that I've coined that I thought existed, but I clearly dreamt about it and came up with a whole book in my head because I am certain I read a book called Five Mile Celebrity where I got this from, but no.
0: So really what we talk about is is it comes down to the F word. We use the F word a lot. We we use that F word as well, but this is the (laughs) focus word. You know, because people will not focus the, the, and I think it's a combination of things. It's a combination of ignorance. They don't know they're supposed to, a combination of ignorance and fear, because they, they fear if they focus on A, they can't have B, which is true. You know, if, you, if you're looking in one direction, you can't look in the other, you don't want to. What you need to be doing is is deciding, and this is what we do in the Business Accelerator and also the Kickstart, and what we did in Phoenix, the Lockdown Resurrection. You know, we, one of the first things we get them to do is to say, who is your ideal client? Who is it, who is it you want to sell mm-hmm. to? And the more, you know, I 51 or 50. yeah, they do. They, they do, don't stuck. they? I think it's 51 or 52 questions I put together with space for more, if you can think of them. And it doesn't, I'll be honest, it includes things like ethnicity, um, sexual preferences, the kind of car you drive, whether you've got kids or not, all those things. And, you know, and it, we have know, to preface it, it don't,
1: don't we? we? <laughs> we have to preface it by saying look this is what good business is this isn't racism this isn't sexism it isn't ageism this is good business
0: and even if it is that's That's not the point. The point is, it's your target market. But it it does, it does make sense, because if you're selling, say, the kind of hair oils that people with African descent use on their hair, it makes sense for you to target those people wherever you can. There's no point in targeting someone like me who's fucking bald out of a sense of political correctness, thinking, well, it's only fair I advertise to him, because you're wasting your money. It is illogical and irrational. And you're doing nobody any favors, let alone yourself. So, and if you don't, I, mean, I, I think, for instance, Phil we spoke about Phil earlier. I think Phil would do really well targeting gay guys because mm. they love to look buff. And yeah. in which case, if you decide, yeah. if you say, okay, I want to target gay men who want to look fit, where's the obvious place to do that? Fucking grinder.
1: Mm. Yeah. If I, if I was that, Phil, I'd also be. If I was Phil, I'd also be trying to tap up elite matchmaking services that work exclusively with gamers. Yeah. if they do exist and get some form of synergy if was, there
0: if i was phil i'd be fucking his girlfriend every night that'd be cool because she's quite hot
1: <laughs> <laughs> you showed me the pictures that he sent you that you weren't meant to send on <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> oh the ones with the rabbit
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway send this <laughs> <so> <laughs> to phil
0: <laughs> i'm going to don't worry mate <laughs> just hope dean does not it. So yeah, you know, it's focus, it's thinking about exactly, because Dan Kennedy says quite rightly, because he's not stupid. Now the quickest way to go broke with direct mail marketing, because it is, you know, there's an upfront cost to it, so it's potentially expensive, is to send the the, the same thing to everyone without any thoughts about segmenting them. So, you know, you you need to do your, your groundwork here. And of course, direct mail, sorry, daily email can help you do that. And here's something very simple. Now, if you're using a smart autoresponder, and they're nearly all smart like this these days, this is not back in the old days of a Weber 15 years ago when all you got was
1: a bunch of fucking lists. Oh, market right. this doesn't is, know what a fucking autoresponder is, John.
0: Okay, it's a system where you just put in someone's email address and you can send predefined emails to them. A little bit like chain letters, I suppose. Anyway, what you can do is you could say, write a blog... You, sorry, you could, you could write a blog post, yeah, about... I don't know, a special kind of bathroom, for instance, gold taps would do, all right? And you just write that on your blog, and then you send an email out to your list just talking about that. And say, so, look, there's a link here. You can see some beautiful bathrooms with gold taps in. But you know, anyone who clicks through from that email is interested in gold taps, bathrooms with gold taps. You know that. So what you can then do is you can send them more emails automatically because the systems can do this automatically. You can And you can arrange for your system to send them more information about gold taps. You can also send them direct mail about gold taps. And you don't send, is to anyone else on your list? You just send it to those people. Now, segmenting your list is so powerful. I mean, one of the guys I used to work with a long time ago, He used to do big events in London, and he segmented his list. And what he did was he got some firm called Blue Sheep, I think it's called, Blue Sheep, to segment his list for him. They do a deep data dive. So he got back a list which represented 40% of his normal mailing list. And he just sent his direct mail to that 40%. So he saved 60% of his mailing costs. He got the same response rate from that for his for his event that he would have got for his the full list. So he saved 60% on his mailing and made the same amount of money. Well that's vast because the, the secret to, to profits in direct mail and print advertising is actually saving on your your mailing. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of it comes down to. It's ROI. So, and, and this was this event was, I think it was 1,500 quid or something. And the mailing wasn't cheap. It was like a 20-page letter I've written. So that wasn't in any way cheap. So, you know, it was, but that that's the kind of thing you do. 40% of your list gives you the same response as 100%. and you, you, Otherwise, you're just wasting, you know, you're wasting 60%. That's kind of 80-20 in a way. Well, it is 80-20. And you know, 80-20 isn't just about the numbers 80 and 20, obviously. But
1: Yeah, that's why, yeah.
0: You, 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 you're picking up that's focus because mm-hmm. is that their buying behavior showed him who is most responsive customers? Well, it's the same thing if you're sending emails and you saw well, this guy, he clicked, he always clicks on things about gold taps. Well, let's fucking sell him some gold taps then. Everyone else can fuck off. Then we'll sell them something else. We'll sell them aluminium taps or something. This guy yeah. likes gold taps. We know this. Let's push gold taps on him. Yeah, Anyone can do that.
1: Let's send him some more emails about gold taps. Let's send him some direct mail. Let's retarget him yeah. on Facebook. Um, yeah, so do it, exactly. It's, so it's, it's
0: also, it's on, say again.
1: I was just going to say, furthermore, you can easily do this by looking at the average wealth and the individual of the person who buys from you, getting the postcodes they live in. Oh, and yeah, you've pretty much segmented the local audience you serve. You've now you've got an even more refined focus. Yeah. Is not just simple?
0: And it, the thing is, people, I mean, I think most people they don't know what they don't know, they don't know this is possible, that it doesn't occur to them to do it. And then when when it does, I think there's this. I think there's an underlying fear of, well, if, what if it doesn't work? Well, if you don't do it, it ain't going to work, is it? And, it? and it is work. And, it, and I guess at times you thinks there's this niggling feeling is it's, well, I'm restricting my market. I might miss some sales. Yes, you will, probably. But that's not the point. you an ROI here. It's better, you know, better off to to send a direct mail to 100 people and get 10 people buying But it would be to send it, say, to 1,000 people and get 11 people buying.
1: We, we spoke to- about that
0: yeah, we try to cut out that deadwood and you do that we, we focus
1: we've spoke about this before and it's probably worth doing a whole um, episode about it but one one thing we've noticed in the construction industry is there's some really fragile yet massive egos because it's not hard to do big numbers in the construction industry and you know you will get a rush out of saying hey we you know did a million ye- a million this year there, there's a real fucking e- that's a real ego feeder but you know deep down profits aren't there and you are worried about trying anything new that might fail that will make you look silly because you've built up this big ego on turnover where you don't even know the profits and it's 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 a big issue and i don't hear anyone else speaking about it but it's one of the biggest issues in construction that we've noticed which is part of the reason we've turned our head more to focus on the domestic market because those serving b2b are just so focused on that turnover, so lost it, it with
0: that profit. It is tougher, yeah. It is tougher. And there are some practical things. Like they don't get a chance in this, they generally don't get a chance to speak to this to this the, the decision, fucking hell, the decision maker. Well, I started working with a quantity surveyor probably two or three years ago now. I think it's three years. Uh, two and a half years anyway. And he, he was he was quite proud of his portfolio of clients, big, big ones, HS2, people like that. And I and yet he was he was having the problem of you know constant price resistance and being fucked about. One of the first things I got him to do was just well change your focus, you know. What do you want, profits or ego? If you're prepared to let your ego go and drop people like HS2 or just service what you've you've agreed to, but but focus your new clients on on businesses where you can speak to the decision maker, you can set your own fees. And that's what he did. The result is he's now selling at 312% over market rate, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. He can't say, I've got all these big fucking big name contracts now. Great. But he's making three times as much money. Ego is very expensive and I can't afford one. <laughs> and most people can't. we knew one guy, if you remember, he spoke to a brickie just after COVID started last year.
1: Really nice guy.
0: Really nice guy. got no criticism of the man at all. He was. was he he made made been a real, I can't remember. But he would have been a real credit to our business. It would have been great. It would have been a perfect fit. Yeah. He was doing over a million a year in turnover and didn't even know if it was profitable we had no idea yeah. he could be making 100k loss one no and that that isn't that scary to me it is I'd rather be doing 10k and making well, I'd rather be doing 100k making 10 than, than doing a million and making none
1: you know It's
0: so that, that's, the that's his focus you know've got to think about these things now if you want to get really focused and this is you know if you want to pick off the best clients like a
1: sniper what I just like the transition if you want to get really focused i just liked it it was smooth.
0: If you want to, if you want to pick him off like a sniper now, let's use the, the fucking, the hand, the the firearms analogy here. At the top end of things, you've got the shotgun, still enough off shotgun, you know? You're just firing a fucking bled out there and you're going to hit something eventually. Not got very good range and you hit loads of shit you don't want to hit, but you'll hit your target. Probably might not kill it sometimes you just damage it because the range is limited. But a shotgun is a very broad weapon. Now if you want to notch not, uh, notch it up a little bit, you might you might have an automatic rifle. Again, you're firing bullets in bursts of three, or maybe them fully automatic. And still, the aim isn't great because it's being thrown around by the the and all the rest of it, and you don't have much time to aim it. So that's not quite a scattergun, but you are tending to spray the fucking bullets around. Again, you'll probably hit your target, but you might hit some other things as well, and you get through a lot of bullets. But if you really want to do well, you will have the patience of a fucking snake, and you'll have something like a fucking sniper's rifle. Now, you would, you would be prepared metaphorically to sit in your fucking little hole under a canvas... Or in your ghillie suit for two days, pissing in your own underwear just to get a single shot at your target with a barrett M82 and a sniper's rifle. I think the furthest confirmed kill is over two miles, done a couple of years ago by a Canadian soldier. Well, that is the epitome of, of my. I mean, two, the bullet is in flight for about five seconds. That's fucking epic. That's insane. Yeah, that is fucking epic. Um, I actually, I was at an event a couple of years ago, a very small event, I was speaking at it, and I got to talking to this guy, and he was an ex-sniper. And it was fascinating, because whether or not you, you agree with killing people in, in cold blood, because that's what it is, let's face it, it's not that he's a battle. If you are a code killing people in cold blood or well not, it doesn't matter. The mechanics of it, the technology that goes into making these bullets and these guns is fucking amazing. And I had a really good chat with, I mean, I was fascinated. You know, typical yeah. fucking Aspie. Wow, you shot him where? <laughs> you know? <laughs> But we call our bespoke system, the, the, the one we're still developing, the M82 after the Barrett sniper's rifle, because what you do is you choose your targets, literally you know, man by man, woman by woman. You find out all you can about them and you pick them off like a sniper's rifle. So to give you an example of how it works, Dan Kennedy, he's got this set of plastic drawers in his office and just cheapo ones like you get from Viking. Sarah's got a load of the fucking craft stuffing like he fucking does my head in. And each one had a name on it, you know, and what he would do is he, he knew these people, he'd either research them himself or he knew them, um, or, or maybe if you know, in our, in our world, or your world, if you listen to this, you might in construction, if you, you know you might, you, you might look at a postcode area of affluent people million plus houses, you might then find their names on Facebook. And you might do some research on them. And eventually you you build a a portfolio of what they're like, what car they drive, whether they've got children, all these kinds of things to find what their interests are. Guy number 16, he goes fishing every weekend. And you have a drawer for each of these people. And what you do is every time you see something interesting about fishing, you might buy the book, buy the magazine, clip it out of the newspaper, put it in the drawer. And every month you package it up and you send them off. So what Dan Kennedy would do is every month he would package up these drawers, send them to his assistant, and she would post them off. So every month these people are getting extremely targeted, non-salesy stuff for the most part from this guy. That is the ultimate in marketing. You might think it's creepy. Some people might think it's creepy. It's not creepy at all.
1: A pleasure to be targeted yeah well you were very upset when you found out you wasn't targeted i'm gonna go for a wee while she carry on
0: this is how dan kennedy got me into a day's consulting at you know five figures and then also into doing an event with him probably four or five months later again for he got a five-figure fee out of it i made a lot of money too that was contingent on him making money i had to pay his fee first but he got me like that because what he did he, i used to send him I used to do a published newsletter. I'd send him a copy every month. And then I sent him a copy of my book. So he knew who I was. I was on his radar. And this is why I did it, by the way. And he then, he picked his moment and he sent me... I mentioned it in one of my newsletters because he did read them then. He showed you read, read them. He's read in one of my newsletters that one of the things I want to do is be, be a published fiction author. And this is vanity, pure vanity. I want to be published properly, not vanity publishing, not for money. I'm not careful I'm getting money for it. I want to be published by a publishing house. So can, that's just one of the things to tick off my bucket list. He saw that and he responded by sending me a copy of his own fiction book with some unsolicited advice on how to go about it. And then at the end of that, he said, now, true business. And that's what kicked all off. I've been reading your newsletter. Why don't we do something together? And that was it. Well, that was classic M82 behavior. You know? Chet Holmes calls it Dream 100. If you, if you go on to Google, uh, sorry, on Yo- oh, up YouTube and Google Chet Holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S, Chet Holmes, Dream 100. Video comes up, say about three or four minutes, and um, also it's one of the chapters. Might be chapter six, possibly chapter seven or something in his book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. The book itself I find quite irritating at times, but that one chapter is pure gold. M eighty two, Dream one hundred, call it whatever you like. That is how to get the best of clients. It's work. It's relatively more expensive than anything else because again, I'm not going to. I'm not going to share too many details because it wouldn't be right. He's paying us and. He doesn't want his IP spreading around the internet. But we've got a guy who's doing this now and things, you know, he's selling it, he's selling stuff at multiple times market rate just because he does things better. He targets people. He did all his things in nice leather-bound folders and stuff instead of just throwing it in a fucking envelope and used condom packet, you know. And the, the epitome of this is a girl called, I think her name was Killeen Bishop. Again, I'm going back about a dozen years now, where she hand-wrote a long copy sales letter i don't know how long, how many of these she wrote but she wrote a lot of them you're probably talking of 30 or 40 of them so it was a big job and she mailed it out and each letter although it obviously had a, a common core to it each one was bespoke to the person it was going to just like i'm talking about now it referenced the house they lived in it referenced their habits all those kind of things could have been creepy and stalky but wasn't if you, if you take you know if you sort of mean and she made a million dollars off that mailing. So the question then is, if you knew for sure you'd make a million dollars, would you write handwrite 40 long copy sales letters? I probably wouldn't because I hate handwriting. But <laughs> you know, the overriding lesson to take away from this is the more personalized you can make your marketing, the more personalized you are willing to make your marketing, the more effort and time you're willing to spend on it, the more money you're going to make. We don't do it now because the ROI wouldn't be there but I have no no problem admitting to anyone listening to this. When we get to the point when we launch Aurelius Boardroom Group, which is going to be, you know, probably 100K a year, when we launch that, we will be doing this kind of thing ourselves. Yeah. Because we know the more... Well, that, as Dan Kennedy again says, you know, the one who's prepared to spend the most to acquire a new client always wins. Now, that sounds a bit daft when you think about it, but it's predicated on understanding what he's actually saying, and that is you know your numbers. Now, if we know... Say on average, out of every hundred people we approach, one of them comes on board for 100 k We could spend 50k on marketing to those hundred people. That's two K each and still be 50 grand in profit. No one in their right mind is going to spend 50K on marketing like that. No. But that's because they don't understand what they're doing. And and things like, you know, you you wanna if you're selling high end stuff and we're not talking necessarily hundreds of thousands of pounds, you're selling say 10k kitchens, 20k kitchens. I don't, I don't know what a high end kitchen would be. Say so, say 20k kitchen. And you're making a 10K profit on it, which is not out of the question, because we know people who are doing margins bigger than that already. So you're making 10K for a kitchen. Why would you not spend a thousand quid to get a client like that? Why wouldn't you? You'd be stupid not to, because you would just put the price up. And that allows you to do things like send video postcards. And they're 20 pounds. A. You all will like pay 20 quid for a fucking letter. Why are you an idiot then. You can send 100 for 2K. All
1: you need oh. is one.
0: You only need one, and you've, you've more than made your money back. But people don't think they don't get this shit. They're, they're, and this is why we 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 are we do what we do so well. And while twonks on LinkedIn, you pretend they're marketers, as soon as the fucking COVID hits and they lose their clients, they go, wah! Go back to bed and close the curtains. <laughs> that's, that's why we get paid the big bucks. That's why we don't give a shit about our competitors. Well, we don't have any competitors, because no one's worthy of the name. Mm. So, M82. Anyway, no one really hate either. though. None? I can't think of anything to hate on today. You've written one down. Have I? Is not I right? Oh, we rushed mm. Haven't we done it already? Though we can skip it, basically. Let's skip it. I find it—it's exhausting. Anything it. <laughs> like that is fucking <laughs> hard
1: work. What we uh, need to be doing is start a uh, post. Well, I need to check where Holly's posting the one-minute hate, but we definitely need to be putting them on our LinkedIn story. <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway. I mean, Irrationality irash- 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 yeah. irash- R- was about these people who just fucking won't listen to reason, you know?
1: People are idiots. Let's wrap this up. We've been going on for almost an hour in terms of the uh, podcast and well over an hour in terms of us.
0: Right, so if you want more money, less work, less hassle and fewer headaches by attracting top quality clients, selling to them at higher fees and having a constant stream of them delivered to you in your pipeline, hands off, on autopilot and in the background, doing just this kind of thing because m82 can easily be turned into this kind of process as well it's not it's not a one-shot wonder what you need to do is go to ottpodcast.co.uk avail yourself of the resources there and then maybe get in touch if you really want to get in touch you need to help urgently email holly holly at in the meantime stay stay inside wash your hands do not confuse connor right there with emperor the dark lord <laughs> Because he looks like him. Emperor What's his name? Emperor... Palpatine. 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 Do not confuse him with Palpatine. I am the Senate. And do not shit on your fingers. See you later! Bravo.